Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com slash give. Enjoy the message. <laughs> uh, well, I hope that you are having a, a wonderful uh, Christmas Eve so far, and uh, I just want to welcome not only those of us who are here today, uh, but we have people joining us at our other campuses in Issaquah, Castle Rock, uh, Duval, the Woodenville campus, which is at the Hollywood Schoolhouse, and could we welcome them and give them a hand? Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I, is there anyone besides me who maybe has one present they haven't bought yet? Anyone like that? Okay, only like a bunch of guys. That's pretty much it. Uh, well, uh, now through uh, Prime Now with Amazon, I know we have a lot of people work for Amazon, you can wait until 9.45 p.m. and still get it today. Uh, so just want to let you know that. There are some gifts that you may not be able to get uh, today. I don't know if these are. If you're looking for that unique uh, gift, I came across some interesting ones. Uh, this is yeah, Rogue One. This is an X-Wing fighter knife set. Every woman would love this. Every woman would. She would. Uh, and then this one is a unicorn hat for cat. And, and look at, no, hold on to this. It says cats love it. Does it look like that cat loves that? No, I don't think so. And then uh, this is fish slippers. <laughs> and you have to admit, that's just a good idea. That really is. Uh, and, and now this one was a little, I think it's a little disturbing. <laughs> yeah, talk about years and therapy for that one. And, <laughs> um, and then, of course, this one is interesting. This is if your husband's out of town. It's a pillow. And yeah, that one's... That one's a little bit sad and pathetic. So, yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I want to do today, is I want to get right into uh, the core story, uh, the account, the, the historical biblical account of what Christmas is, what, what's the purpose behind it. God has a purpose in mind. God's purpose is for all humanity and God's purpose is for you. See, part of the problem is we, we're not sure of uh, what, what take on it uh, we really should grab onto during this season. I mean, there's been a lot in the news about the whole idea of fake news, uh, that, that people will say this is what's true, uh, but it's not uh, really true. And in fact, a great theologian uh, put it this way, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> uh, maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Uh, maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And so that's a little bit more is what I want us to consider as we celebrate what God has done for us. Well, the, the real uh, story of Christmas is found in the scripture. There are four accounts of Jesus' life. Two in particular focus in on the details surrounding 
the birth of Jesus because they were all written from different perspectives. Uh, we're going to look at the gospel of Matthew and Luke. Matthew was written primarily to, to Jewish people, the culture in which Jesus came. Luke to uh, people who were uh, not uh, from a Jewish background. Matthew gives us this details about these details about the birth of Jesus. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. He was pledged to be married. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So he, he, he had this idea of, you know, God doesn't do these miracles uh, like this. And I know some people are like, hey, I don't know if I believe and can believe in something like the virgin birth. Hey, you're in great company. Joseph didn't believe in the virgin birth either. Uh, but then God came to him and said, this is a miracle of biblical proportions, and there's a reason behind it. Uh, he says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And we have that, which really is the details of the account of the Christmas story. Uh, now, I wasn't raised in church. Uh, we weren't even, uh, you know, some of you say, ah, I feel bad. I only come a couple times a year, Christmas and Easter. Hey, you're way ahead of me when I grew up. We never went Christmas, Easter, or ever. In fact, the first time I ever heard the Christmas story was in the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Uh, true, true. That's the first time I ever heard anything really from the Bible. And that's no accident. Charles Schultz, who, uh, by the way, is one of the, they call him one of the richest dead celebrities. He's uh, making uh, is almost as much money as Michael Jackson is today, uh, even though he's passed away. Uh, he, he fought in World War II. And during that time, he encountered uh, a lot of horrific things. And he decided he needed to settle some business with God. And so after he came back, it wasn't a battlefield conversion. He, he gave his heart and his life to Jesus Christ. And so through his comics, he was uh, sort of an open book. He wasn't, uh, you know, judgmental or didn't condemn people. But he did want to share this incredible story. And so in the Christmas uh, special, the Charlie Brown Christmas special, what Linus says is actually directly from the Gospel of Luke. And I remember hearing that. I didn't know quite what it meant. I thought, that's interesting if true. But then the big question is, what does that mean for me? And that's a key question. What does it mean for my life today? And we don't have to guess at it. And, and I'm going to go just right to the Bible. Uh, we don't worship the Bible, but we believe it accurately represents who God is and God's plan for our life. And so that this is God's, uh, God's word to us. And so in the gospel of Matthew and Luke, we're told in the accounts when they announce the birth of Jesus, what's the purpose behind it? Uh, and so uh, we want to get to that. But see, here, here's a problem is that we approach it with some preconceived ideas about God. All of us have them. That's not, that, that, I'm not saying that's good or bad. That's just what is. And if we approach God with uh, this great expectation that God is, is good and has something good for me, I'm going uh, to approach this one way. 
Or if I believe I'm my own God and, and uh, really I'm not sure about a creator God and that everything's a cosmic accident, I might approach it another way. Or maybe you even came from a religious background where you feel like God is against you and not for you. It's sort of, it's sort of like this. I, I was... Uh, uh, at the airport, I think it was a week or two ago, uh, with my daughters going checking out colleges. And as we were there, uh, there was a lady with a dog. I'm a, I'm a dog person, uh, but this was sort of an interesting one. Uh, this lady had a dog, and it was swaddled like a newborn baby around her, just close to her chest. And I thought that was weird, but who am I to judge? I'm not saying I didn't judge. I totally judged her. But the, uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying who am I to judge someone like that? And, uh, but then I thought, oh, well, she has that dog, and maybe it's to keep her baby company because she, she had a little baby stroller. And my daughter pointed out that stroller is not for a baby. That was for the dog. And I thought, okay, you know, to each his own. Well, a service dog goes by while we're waiting in the airport, and uh, this little swaddle dog all of a sudden gets its attention and starts barking and growling and is trying to jump out to attack what I'm assuming is not its first victim. And uh, so it's trying to go, and I'm like this, this little, it's like Satan's little puppy, I'm thinking is right here. And uh, so uh, I'm like, wow, that's, uh, she says, oh yeah, he's just a little bit nervous. And like literally three gates are looking at her. And I'm thinking, we're all a little bit nervous at this point. And uh, so she's there and with that dog, another person comes by and he, that little dog, 10 pounds of viciousness snaps at that person tries to bite him. And I'm like, this, is, this dog has no business on the airplane. And the thing that concerned me the most was uh, my computer uh, was almost dead. And so I plugged it in. And I just set it on a counter. And guess who sat right next to the computer? That sweet old lady and Satan's puppy. And so, uh, so then I'm having to wait because I didn't, you know, uh, I, I wasn't afraid much. And so, and I'm, I made all sorts of judgments about uh, that little dog. Probably true. And then there's another dog. Uh, there's, uh, this dog is an older dog, 11 and a half years old. It's a golden retriever. He's incredibly well fed. Uh, this dog is kind. He is even kind to criminals. Because when my home, we literally, three robbers invaded our home six years ago, he warmly welcomed each of them. <laughs> and he didn't even bother, you know, he didn't mind that they stole stuff from our house. He was just happy that they were there. And so I have a, a different assumption about this dog. And that assumption didn't even change when uh, two weeks ago, this kind elderly dog he came in and uh, he had something in his mouth. And one of my other daughters, she said, hey, I, I think he has a toy or maybe an animal in, the mouth, in his mouth. I'm like, he couldn't have an animal. And I looked at it and he had in his mouth, which was an almost dead bird. Almost. And so then I get him not to have the dog. And I'm like, this is totally out of character. And then literally the next morning, he comes with another bird. Not a whole bird. It was only missing its head. And he's licking his chops. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you, you have this experience with two dogs, sort of badly behaving dogs. And I'm making assumptions right up front. And, and isn't it interesting how we do that in life? We do that about people, don't we? We do that about people and we'll say, hey, uh, someone will do something and it's maybe we, silly or wrong. And we think uh, either 
that must be a bad person or that's out of character. Or maybe they do something wonderful and we'll say, that's just the core of who they are or uh, that's just an exception to the rule. So what I would say is if we could lay aside our best preconceived notions and look at the scripture, we can get an accurate idea of God's plan and purpose for our life. See, one of the, the, the first thing that, that God came to bring through his son, Jesus Christ, and that we often don't think of, is celebration. We see that in the scripture, that uh, God is the most joyful being in the universe, and what that means is I can have joy. It says in the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 2, verse 10, there's an announcement of what happens. And it said, but the angel said that to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That God wants us to have joy, and this joy comes from someplace. And that's number two what Jesus came to bring, we celebrate at Christmas, is salvation. And this idea that my sins don't need to define my future. Now, they can. You've seen people where they've had an event in their life, good or bad, and it will define who they are from that point forward. Now, if, if we've failed, and I think all of us have failed, is there anyone here who's never failed or never sinned in their life? Wow. Just me. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> the, no, we... we we all have those, but what do you do with that? What does God do with that? Well, we don't need to uh, guess at what happens there. It says this, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It, it, think about what we're doing. This Christmas Eve, and we're celebrating on Christmas Eve, and uh, you've probably heard or read somewhere that uh, Jesus' birthday wasn't necessarily on the day we celebrate it. The fact is, we don't know the exact day when Jesus was born. In fact, uh, many people think it was maybe sometime in the spring. And, and since no one knew, there was a symbolism about this as uh, people were deciding when, when we should have this holiday. And in the part of the world, this was decided, winter, like in our area, it comes at this time of year, and it was around the time of the winter solstice. And it's not that we're worshiping the sun, either more of it or less of it, but the idea is at the darkest point of the year that we would celebrate the birth of Christ. And there's a purpose in that, and the purpose is this, that, it, that in the darkest moments of your life and mine, not on our best day, but on our worst day, that we believe that God has a plan and a purpose for us. And he's not judging from a distance, but he's meeting us right where we're at. And that's the third purpose of Christmas is, is the incarnation. We think about this, that God becomes flesh. And the purpose behind this is that uh, we know that God understands my circumstance. And this is a powerful distinction. If you're a student of religion, I talked uh, to someone at our uh, services on Christmas Eve Eve, and they were saying, uh, you know, I, I'm not a, a Christian, I'm not a Christ follower, but I'm a student of religion. And, and I've thought of it from a historical scientific perspective. 
But the philosophical perspective is something that I wanted to bring to bear. And uh, this person, they mentioned what I'm talking about right now. And that's the idea that Christianity is much different if you study any, really any of the other faiths. Because it's always, you believe you are God, which by the way, that doesn't work out very well. Uh, or you believe God is very, very distant. But this is a, a, a defining characteristic of who God is, that God is all-powerful, and that God, when we receive him in our life, he will work in us. We're not God. But the incarnation is that God is with us. Matthew 123, it says, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I I, I was thinking about this uh, as I got some Sad news this last week, my, uh, one of my uncles, in fact, one of my uh, remain, one of two living uncles that are, that are left alive, uh, he had passed away. And, and he lived a, a long life. He was nearly 90 years old. And uh, he was a man's man, totally a man's man. Uh, he was in the Navy, uh, fought in the Second World War. He was a construction worker, became a, a superintendent, a contractor. You know, he's a guy who did stuff with his hands. Uh, he had built a good business and built a good family, raised five kids, sent them all to college, and, and uh, did things that he never would do, you know, doctors and lawyers and, and all of that kind of thing. And uh, one of the things I, I liked about him is he was pre-technology. So he, he lived most of his life before, and I, this is going to be hard for you to believe, especially for the students who are here. There was a time before the internet. Do you know that? He was pre-internet. He was pre-cell phone. He was pre-answering machine. You remember those he used to have? And so he was pre all of this. And so one of the things him and my aunt would do, uh, they lived in Salem, Oregon, is they would come over and visit. But, you know, they, they didn't bother with any emails or letters or phone calls or anything. They would just pop by and visit. And so he would literally, they would drive up four hours from Salem and they would stop by. And if you're busy, no problem. They just drive back. And, but it caused me so much fear because they were like, they're the nicest people in the world. And uh, one time I had a, a receptionist uh, who was working with us. She said, oh, your uncle came to visit, but you were busy. So I told him, uh, and he said, no problem. I'll just visit him another day. I'm like, do not do it. You're going to send two very senior citizens a state and a half away if you do this. Uh, so they were wonderful people. Uh, the interesting thing is what's happened, and I, I sort of just noticed this over the last years of his life. Now, he was a, a, a church guy, not maybe an every Sunday church guy, but he belonged to a, a local church and was moderately uh, involved. And something happened somewhere along the way where it seemed his, cha- his faith changed. And it was not just he went to church more often, but he talked about God differently. He talked about God as as being involved in his life. Now, this is a man who had lived his life, and by most accounts, if you look at his business and his family and his service to the country, you would say, well done, success. But he came to the point where he knew that something needed to change, and he talked about God as, 
as guiding his decisions, as his friend. And he uh, became ill, which eventually led to his death. And as I was looking at even one of the, uh, his last Facebook posts, from a man from a different era when you didn't talk about faith to other people, really in a personal way, he wrote this post. He said, my pain woke me up and I was thinking of God and his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the pain he endured for me and all mankind, those who were born and yet to come. I suppose reaching for the pain pills made me think of Jesus. He didn't have any pain pills or anything like that to help his pain, except his eye was on the goal to offer salvation for all who would want something for free. I pray my faith is strong enough to keep my eye on the goal. And he was saying in the last moments of life, incredible physical pain, there's this this belief in this faith that God is going to meet me. In fact, he said, I wanted to be home for Christmas. And a lot of his, his kids who sort of have come to faith said, we, we knew what dad really meant is that he wanted to be home with God for Christmas. So here, here's what I'd ask. And, and it, that's a great story, but this is where it's more important is where does it intersect your story? Where's that place where you're almost afraid to pray it. And you say, God, would you show up in my heart and life this Christmas? God, would you, this, this circumstance where there's no way that it can fix itself. And, and I know you don't owe me anything, but God, I'm still inviting you into my life. And with that, we experience that purpose of Christmas uh, God with us. And here's, here, here's a fourth purpose, and it's tied to this. It's anticipation. The idea that, that God is going to work in my life, and God's plan is still unfolding in my life. I mean, think about anticipation. There's, think of the excitement. Sort of like a kid. What's the longest night of the year for most kids? Christmas Eve. Because uh, they're waiting for uh, you to open up the Christmas presents. Unless you're like a lot of families, uh, you open up one present on Christmas Eve and the rest on Christmas Day. Like I've said before, just like the Bible tells us we should do. And uh, so we, uh, but the longest night of the year because they're expecting something great to happen. And I think about that in our life and, and how we interact with that. We see the example of uh, when God comes to this group of shepherds, very unlikely, and I talked about that last week, who they were the lowest people on the social, religious, uh, economic ladder of the day. And we read this. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven. Now look at the shepherd's response. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. There's something different when you say, God, I'm ex- I, I see what you say, what your promise is, and I, I'm sort of, I'm interested in that. And no, I'm going to really uh, act upon that. Uh, it, you know, that, that we can approach uh, faith uh, differently. We can approach faith as uh, more of a, a, a spectator, an analyzer, or someone who would say, I'm going to step into that. So here's what I'm encouraging you to do, and, and this, is, uh, th- this is where we bring Christmas in the rest of the year. 
is, is what are you going to do and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a step towards you, maybe a step that I've made before uh, or a step that I've never made before uh, in my life. You might be a Christ follower and it's coming back to that. One of the reasons we're doing our 30-day devotional in January, and we just email that to you. We get it easy, so it's right on your phone. And so, because I know there's something about when we connect our hearts with God. See, a lot of times, here's what we'll do, is we'll think, I earn God's favor by doing good things, by serving or reading the Bible enough or giving enough or whatever. Those are good things, but it's more responding to God's gift. And so one of the greatest ways is to give them our intention and our heart. So I'm encouraging you because it's all like, we all have this good intention, don't we? There are some of you that are going to uh, start a new diet at the beginning of the year. Uh, you're, you're laughing because you know you're not going to stay on it, right? Uh, the, uh, so the, uh, a friend of mine who th- this uh, last summer was good to me, I Packed on a few extra pounds. And uh, he owns one of the local companies that uh, does uh, weight loss. And he said, hey, you know, if you want to, uh, it would be my gift to you. You can go ahead and do that. By the way, there's, that's one of those gifts that's sort of great and sort of not <laughs> at the same time. And you know what I said to him? I said, I think I'm interested, but I'm looking forward to this week. And so not before I eat a ton in the next seven days. And so it's, we sort of delay that. We have that good intention. Like today, I had good intention. I was going to go to the gym before this service because I thought, you know, I'm going to get all pumped up. You know, I'm going to get in an amazing shape. It's going to take me about 45 minutes, uh, you know. Uh, and, and I hadn't, but is that, see, here, here's one thing that I, Maybe I'm a little bit different than some people. When people don't take a step, I, I don't think that if someone is awful or lazy. I just think that there's sometimes is that maybe fear or we let busyness get in the way. But if you want anticipation for God's very best for your life, it's taking a spiritual step. And maybe for you today, it'll be saying yes to Jesus for the first time. Maybe it'll be when we have our, our uh, uh, New Year series starting the second week in January. Say, hey, I'm going to uh, better this year. I'm going to do that. It's to, whatever that step is, take that. And, that. and that's based on the belief of, number five, restoration. And we find this in the Bible. And what that means is that God has made a way for me. The announcement in uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 11, it, it says this. This is the purpose behind Christmas. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That God came so that we can be restored to him. It, you'll hear in, uh, uh, people say the word repent. And, and sometimes you'll think of it from a theological standpoint. Some of you just think of it as some weird guy uh, on a street corner yelling at me or holding the sign. Uh, and uh, by the way, don't do that. That doesn't really help people out much. Uh, but repent, literally what it means is to, one of the main meanings of that is simply to change your mind. Is I used to think this way, but now I think differently. Like my uncle, smart guy, and he went through his life, and he said, I used to think about God this way, but now I've come to learn 
that God could be different in my life. There's a, a scripture and a song that's based on it. It's, your kindness leads us to repentance. And so maybe for you today, it's saying, God, I want to really hold on to the purpose of Christmas. And part of that is me coming to you. And part of that is me thinking differently about you. Uh, one of the great things we get to hear is people who take that step time and time again. Maybe uh, for the first time, for the first time in a long time, or just at some point in their life. And, and, and maybe for you, if you're considering that, I thought it would be helpful for you to hear just one of the many stories of people who've been on that journey. And so uh, I want you to hear Maggie's story. My name is Maggie, and I've been coming to Timberlake for about six months now. I was born in Poland. Uh, I came here when I was about six and a half with my mom. Uh, my dad was a fisherman for Alaska, so he wanted us to be closer to him since we didn't see him very much. And I went to church with my mom pretty much every Sunday. It wasn't personally like a relationship with God, I would say. I feel like it was more of following tradition. Roughly for the last 14 years, um, I stepped away from the church and God wasn't really a part of our lives. So my ex-husband and I, we met in seventh grade and we started dating him freshman year of high school. We were kind of high school sweethearts. When I was pregnant with my daughter, he decided to, uh, he didn't want to be a dad anymore. I was left alone. He stopped believing that things could get better, that God was there. I one day just woke up and I realized like this is not what I want to do, this is not who I want to be in life, this is not what I want for my kids. So I started to pray. I wanted to seek that relationship with God, I just didn't know how to go about doing that, trying to find that hope. I met a friend and as she told me that she was attending Timberlake Church and that I should go there and try it out and see how I like it. I went to the uh, Issaquah location at the movie theater. Uh, there was my friend and um, it was just a very welcoming environment um, with everybody being so welcoming and friendly. I just, I just felt really like I belonged there. So Pastor Brian, at the end of the service, he asked everybody to join in prayer. Um, and he asked if you want, wanted to be a part of Jesus and welcome Jesus to join in with that prayer. I, I never thought that I would be able to have faith in Jesus and um, be able to let him into my life. And at that moment, I felt like I could. I felt like, yes, I'm gonna let him in and let him guide me. And there have been obstacles along my way. There have been changes. I just found a sense of peace and um, that wasn't there before. I just can't wait until you know, to see what happens next and what he has in store for me. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.